here's what I'll say. I am both angry and so happy that this is a thing that's happened. Because so I, I, out of a whim, um, I watched the first Blackwell Ghost. Like, wait, uh, wait a minute. What you were opening up our extra long TBR report episode, and you're just jumping right into the Blackwell Ghost. Yeah, th- no, this- you know, you know how this fucking works. <laughs> no, this is the Thursday episode. This is what we do with Thursday episodes. No. Thank you very much. I'm following the format that I fucking invented. No, no, excuse me. You know how it begins. It sounds like you were fucking underwater. That's how I do it every time. Move the mic closer. Oh, is it not? Okay. Yeah. Also, I I don't have my hands. I'm so glad to finally share a TBR report with you. Oh my gosh, me too. This is my first. This is my first time on. <laughs> the first time on your own segment. Yes. <laughs> you really are the lifeblood of it. And I I I don't I had no expectations when we went on this journey. But man, you've been crushing it, dude. And oh, uh thank, thank you. you. Well, you know, I'm like watching like maybe four or five found footage movies every day. <sighs> You're do you have really? a job? <laughs> what do you do? I well, I'm a video editor, so like half the time during the day, I'm just you know rendering and exporting or uploading something, you know. And there's a lot of like just waiting time. So I, I don't know if you can. I know we're not doing like video, but right, I, but y'all can you know see me right now at least. Uh, Thomas, have, you're ruining the show. You're sorry. ruining the show. Well, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> I have like four computers in here, and one computer for basically everything. So I'm always kind of running a movie in the background, like all day. It looks like you're like minting Bitcoin in that room or something. There's many computers. <laughs> yeah, a lot of mirrors, a lot of computers. A per a perfect room for a uh, true voyeur like yourself. It's my little editing bay. No, but dude, really, like. Yeah, I don't know. You've recommended. I've been humbled so much by this endeavor. And even, I mean, me and Clark kind of make a joke out of it every time somebody comes on the show that loves found footage. And we're like, all right, test us. And I feel like we we normally get checked, but you've done it royally. And uh, yeah, I don't know. When when we had an opportunity to have you on to, to, I don't we're recapping, what, 10 segments? It's really not a lot. But I don't know. I'm uh, I'm very excited to hang out and talk with you about it. Me too. I'm glad I've been sending good recommendations to y'all. Like, I'm glad y'all like them. Yeah. Now, when when I saw the Blackwell ghost, I got a little worried because my mom actually showed that to me. Like, fuck. Actually, when it came out, I think in 2017. And uh, at the time, the director wasn't doing any interviews. What What's the dude? I feel like I should have done some research. Yeah. Does he talk about the films at all now? No, I don't. Well, he, I don't, that's a good question. I don't think so. Uh, he has like a website, uh, blackwellghost.com or something like that. And he has like a Facebook social media. So he, he does like some interacting on there, but I don't think I've ever seen a single interview. You know, I think he's trying to like, you know, keep the the narrative alive and it's, you know, yeah, there's he- a lot of folks that think this is real. He's yeah. playing the game, dude. And like, you can follow that narrative throughout the movie. Because he goes, yeah, he he quotes the the Facebook page, and you know, it, he he's definitely playing the game, man. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, y- y'all already saw the first one, so uh, there it opens up with like a 
like another found footage film where they, you know, find this like ghost sighting at a hotel or, or you know, something like that. And yeah. you see like Turner Clay, like talking about it in the film. But uh, I, I have reason to believe that he was the one that like made that uh, viral like video, which was actually a viral video that um, came out. I don't know whenever it did, but uh, I almost feel like that was Turner Clay's like start into making like found footage content. Oh, that now, would, that see, would make total sense. When my mom showed it to me, like this was back when we were still doing the Overlook thing, and we, I would have five people over and we watch a movie and review it. She brought that to the table, and I w- when it started and I saw that video, instantly like so during the the TBR report, I've kind of like discovered what makes a found footage audience a found footage audience. And it's really the willingness to kind of like, I understand that you're going to watch a fictional narrative, but be down to enter their reality or their version of it and just kind of roll with it. And man, the Blackwell ghost, he does the best job. These films really walk that line through. I, I mean, me and Clark have watched four of them now and I'm, he doesn't miss a beat. No. He's so good. And like, you know, they're, they're subtly scary, you know, like they're, I don't know. There's no, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say, but there's like no violence in the movie at all. Even though there is a warning, like I think uh, before the fourth one, it said uh, violence and language Hmm. were the rating, which was weird because I'm like, isn't this like an independent film? Who's rating it anyway? Well, see, that's why I think it's interesting that he's decided to bleep out all the curses. Yeah. It's a choice, I think, maybe for the algorithm, just to put, like, maybe it's family content. Yeah, or- see, man, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything, everything is mapped out here. I'm See, all right, so back to what I was saying. I watched the first one uh, a couple months ago and had no expectations, and I knew that all I knew was like, okay, there's like 37 of these Blackwell ghosts. I've never seen it. I'll watch the first one. And I, it was, it, it was okay. It was fine. Um, I had no major problems with it. I was just like, yeah, for what it is, I, I enjoyed this. And then, and then, you know, Russell told me we got to do this thing where we got to fucking watch all of them. I was like, God damn it. I don't want to watch all of these. Um, and now I'm fucking hooked. <laughs> so fuck you all. I'm in like neck deep, dude. I, they have only gotten better. I do, that's my thought too. So my girlfriend got me onto this. Like she was like, you need to see the Blackwell ghost. I think it was a little over a year ago that I got introduced to this. And I, and I watched the first one too. And I thought, eh, it was just okay. You know, like totally on the same boat. And then I just kept, uh, I think, I think that night we watched like one, two, and three, like back to back and four wasn't even out yet. So we, we tried binge watching it all and man, it just does. It really does just keep getting better. I'm kind of shocked that y'all weren't taken by the first one. Now, when, when I watched the first one, I was kind of struck now. Okay. So again, Clark, this, this was my idea. I'm glad you came around to it, but when so in the original TBR report for number 10, uh, Thomas had reached out and said, watch part three. And he's like, I don't know if you've seen one or two, but just go right to three. Three's my favorite so far. And I'd seen one and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like we had a guest drop. It's like, dude, let's just do them all. So I'd kind of like to take the time and move through them chronologically. And um, again, I'm kind of shocked y'all weren't more taken by how unique the first movie was. Like no, if we look at the runtime. But, but, but Russ, not a whole lot happens. That's fair, but I, I would an argue. an hour-long movie. 
It that is, I would say, a genre of found footage, though. I'm with you again, but and look, I thought it was cool. He he flew his own airplane. Oh, I told uh, you. I was like, wait, what's happening? Well, it instantly made the movie noteworthy right there. It's like, oh, the movie where the dude flew his own plane. But see, now the plane, I'm wondering where the plane is now. Right, don't now, get ahead. Don't get ahead. I now, have to get ahead. Now, in, in the first one, there are a number of, like, unique things. Um, so I've been reading a lot about the Blair Witch and how people call that, like, slow failure cinema like it's a movie where everything fails from the beginning to the end i mean as far as character perspective and um it's really like a downbeat kind of depressive narrative and we we kind of touch on that here where there's not a lot of happy notes like i mean he so he fuck should we set this up better or are we gonna assume that people know the blackwell ghost we should probably set it up dude all right or so, goddamn outfit. What's his name? Turner Clay. Yeah. All right. So we open up. Uh, if you were Ted like Turner most, Ted Turner Clay, if you're like most people, you're probably perusing Amazon, and you're like, you know, I'm feeling ballsy tonight. I'm gonna watch this movie with this crappy poster, which looks like uh, a dime store novel, but th- there's never went to publishing, and it went right onto Amazon, and it probably never would be published, and it looks like some uh, free domain like old timey picture. And it's like, yeah, that's a ghost movie. And um, yeah, again, there's, there's like some old Renaissance looking lady on the cover and you jump in there for whatever reason. And we open up, you, we are introduced to Turner Clay. He's a um, self-described filmmaker. He would only, his career up until this point had been making zombie films, which they showed like clips of zombie movies. And what was that? Was that 28 days later? Or I doubt it, but do you know thomas um i know no i don't uh i i know his one feature he made like you know he was showing it in like two or three it was yeah, uh, two. raccoon valley raccoon valley yeah which is that like a playoff of resident evil has to be right he, i know his wife is like the lead in the lead uh cast in that movie whoa we got another rob zombie on our hands and she's in the uh she's in the first blackwell ghost as well i'm pretty sure yeah she, like, investigation with him Okay, now he opens up by um, talking about wanting to get out of making zombie movies, and I don't blame him. At the, two, 2017 was not the, you know, it wasn't the most unique or fresh idea. And he starts talking about having a lead on a viral video. The viral video, I don't, I don't know what it was originally called, but I remember seeing it. It featured a security guard at a hotel going into a room where we're in a, hallway security camera from where we see and he goes in and his radio kind of cuts and uh like a ghostly figure that looks like you know you photoshopped somebody walking and you make them really opaque and they move across the screen and then uh, a light flickers and the dude comes out and he's like nobody was in there but call the police all the furniture was flipped upside down yeah and that you know that video is on youtube you can find it it's called ghost screaming in haunted hotel <laughs> does any of that happen when does the ghost scream i don't know good question it doesn't in the movie it's like the first video that uh is posted up on his channel uh like jimmy nut 22 and it jimmy was, nut. <laughs> the video was posted like eight years ago yeah dude and honestly I'll, I'll tell you in the pursuit of uh verisimilitude 
that really that hooked me right in the beginning was like oh i know this video we're gonna use that as a jumping off point yeah i knew i heard of it i had heard of that video like way before the blackwell ghost as well go ahead clark it looked like you were gonna jump in there uh the timing's off now oh come on give us the punchline anyway uh do ghost scream sounds like something an emo teen randy wrote as a poem <laughs> he should have workshopped it more I know, but see, you <laughs> fucked it up. It's your fucking fault. Anyway, anyway. take the hit for that. So I'll, I'll tell you, you know, what the beginning of the Blackwell Ghost reminds me of is Butterfly Kisses, where we kind of have a narrator who's self-deprecating right off the bat. He laments about having to explain to his uh, journalism teacher that he's now a ghost hunter. Like, he really comes in hard against ghost hunters in the beginning. And I, I think in a found footage film, that's always a good way to endear your audience is to kind of point out the elephant in the room and be like, this is kind of dumb. It's also accurate. Yeah, it is, totally. And the thing is, he's a really likable dude. And without that key feature, none of these movies work. But from there, we uh, he's talking to the guy. On He has one phone call with him in where the dude um, refuses to admit that it was fake and is pretty earnest about it being real. From then on, he can't get a hold of his contact, John, and uh, he gets a new lead after posting in a ghost forum that he's looking for paranormal footage. And he finds something he likes that um, is out in Pennsylvania, and he's offered uh, to come over and come check out the house. And he's like, okay, I'll be over there. I have a plane. And he kind of says that pretty quick, and you're like, excuse me? And then his wife comes in, and he's like, hey, I'm going to Pennsylvania. And she's like, how long is that going to take you? He's like, oh, three hours. And she's like, am I coming? And he's like, well, what are you doing? Cut to them in a plane flying to, to Pennsylvania. Dude, I that moment for me, I just having Turner Clay, having the viral video, shifting over to another video, like narratively, we're already there, we're invested. And then jumping in the plane, I was completely hooked. Also, this first movie is only 60 minutes long, and I think that's 20 of them, if I'm not mistake and i think that's like 15 or 20 minutes in so dude this movie had momentum all right now let's talk about the plane the plane's very important did you you put on a hat kentucky to pennsylvania is not that far okay and it takes him three hours to fly from kentucky to pennsylvania in this dildo with wings he calls a plane now i don't want to trample on your bit there but what about the downwind, dude? What if he was oh, going against downwind? <laughs> you mean trade wind? You fucking dumb dumb dude. The trade downwind. I'm not talking about fucking Formula One racing, dude. My pilot, my piloting license went up like four years ago. No, but dude, if it takes him, if he takes him three hours to fly two states over, and it's a fourteen-hour drive as he's documented from Kentucky to Florida, which films three through five take place in, like the plane does not exist in these than the rest oh, of the right. movie. All right. Randy, so why are you not flying to Florida? Because if that's a 14-hour drive, then we're looking at at least a 12-hour flight. All right, Randy. That stupid plane. Randy's got his mic off, but uh, Randy, can you Google Maps the trip, please? I did. Uh, look up commercial flights. Plane. Yeah, commercial flights take about 145. So if you're in a little, like, miniature, like, you know, personal plane, it, three hours might be might be realistic. Ooh, fact check. No, no, no. No, I'm not doubting it. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. 
<laughs> well, I mean, the fact that our ghost hunter just piloted his own plane to Pennsylvania to check out a video he no, found in for a sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think that we start so fucking ridiculous in this first film that when we actually get to the ghost hunting element, it's like, what are we going to get? And, um, the, and in the first one, we don't get a lot. Well, it's so mute. It's it's such a muted touch. Like yeah. we get a lot of lore. We learn that um, the original resident in the house was uh, I don't remember her name, but she's the titular Blackwell ghost who had murdered. What's her name? Ruth Blackwell. Ruth, Ruth Blackwell, and she had murdered seven children in this house, and uh, chopped them up and threw them down a well in the basement. As you do. Now, I I believe it was uh man TBR report number eight with Curse of Aurora. Yeah, where I I mentioned how much I loved the you know the quirk of the house where they had the like upstairs shutter and those little like like th- that's what I love about found footage. We're doing the thing that I love with cops, where we're exploring how other people live in kind of like an intimate way that you would never do in Hollywood, unless it was kind of put on a pedestal for like you know part of the narrative. And having a well in your basement that. It it reeked so bad that they had a custom lid built for it, and then wh- why did they put pliers in it to keep it open? Yeah, because you can't so grip it otherwise. They they were saying it was like you know the size like the weight of a house or something. You know they were just talking about how heavy it was. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was that heavy. I think, I, I know. I remember hearing that, and I was like, wait, that's not can't be that heavy. Well, see, I I don't. It's not. Um, it didn't ruin like the the uh, suspension of uh, disbelief or what is that phrase? I don't know. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't it didn't ruin that for me, but it instantly gave me like a challenge that I wanted to take on. I was like, "Give me that lid! I want to I want to <laughs> lift that damn thing!" And, and at one point, he does drop it, and a lot of dust comes up. Like the 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 wells like bolted to the floor that covering they have, and it shifted like it was really heavy. But now, Clark, you say nothing happened there. I I actually wrote down the different kind of scares we get in this film. We get uh we have a ball gag where he puts some an X in toilet paper on a table and a ball on it, expecting it to move. It moves. All right, so, uh, that's a little misnomer by saying ball gag. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Pardon please. my choice of words. Thank you so uh, much. We get lights turning on the community. A chandelier moves around. We get a door open. We get um, my favorite footsteps. Now, you know, you say nothing happens in this film, but the thing that I always made very it, little happens. You keep saying you said no, no thing happens. That's eh. okay. Well, I just want to I want to stop on the footstep thing because when I first watched Paranormal Activity, I remember being in the theater, kind of like, man, that was it. Kind of feeling like there wasn't really much here. And then when I went home and all the like noises, all the ambiance of my house started scaring the hell out of me. I had learned that that movie actually really worked. Now with the Blackwell ghost watching that movie alone, footsteps as like a theme of a haunting, they just really work. And later on in the films, dude, they like were really getting me. And, um, I don't know. You didn't have that reaction. You weren't impressed by any of it. No, again, I, I like the first one, 
but yeah. I I was just it, this is not enough to propel me to move forward. So I did I not. Now, I'm only pushing on you there because the other thing that happens when we don't really have much more to chew on than like, I mean, light spoilers throughout this whole thing. The the big kind of finale in the first one is that all the, the water keeps turning on, all the faucets are on, which I thought was interesting because I've never seen a movie that did that. Well, as a native Californian, it made me cringe. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the house starts smoking up, too, doesn't it? Yeah, I believe the oven was on. Yeah. And it's now, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned the oven because that's kind of the beauty of these films is he'll kind of touch on a thing and then won't really talk about it or like cover it because the, now the films are crafted pretty well to where it's it, it gives the impression that we get kind of like a candid view of shit before he's actually reviewed the footage and can reflect on it. So a lot of the times the audience is put in the position of knowing first and these are the kind of things that he gets better at right into like the second film in the first one you can feel him he's kind of feeling it out yeah also in the first film he's there with his wife the whole time and he so thomas i know you're young did you ever see mtv fear uh no i've seen a lot of that stuff but i don't think so so. It was an early reality TV show where they would bring like five people out and they would blindfold them and put them on a bus and they drive them out to a location and they would bring them into like a Resident Evil style safe room. And they're like, hey, you guys are a team. You have a video bay and there's going to be challenges are drawn. And then like two of you are going to have to go out there. And they had um, like chest mounted cameras that were aimed at them and forward. And they would go into like this, they, like basically they would just tell them a ghost story and be like, now go into the haunted asylum and do these challenges. And man, he really hit that vibe. Like, since you haven't seen it, check out that show. It's like bizarre reality TV meets like early kind of trying to figure out how to capitalize on the Blair Witch. Man, and that sounds so familiar. I feel, I will go check it out because I maybe I bet you I've seen something like that, or maybe I've seen that show. Oh, for sure. And I think season two ended where um, they actually fell into legal trouble because the challenges started becoming, "Hey, go to this jail now, go into that cell, and then you because you'd it'd be developing as you're doing it, like in person alone, and then it would be like, now lock yourself in, and it'd be like, okay, and it's it would be like wait. And I remember in that last episode, they had people there for like maybe the whole show, which was the whole night. And it turned into a legal problem. Like that could just be like urban legend, me building on something that really made an impact. But the fact that in this movie, they had like the bedroom was a safe room. It totally reminded me of that. Did you ever see Fear Clark? No. With Mark Wahlberg? No. (laughs) That's a different kind of home invasion film. We we should watch the MTV Fear though. I think you would dig it. I have no it is, recollection of this. Is it like like what? Are you afraid of the dark? No, no, no. It's a it's like a Did game you like show. Salute your shorts. It's kind of like a Fear Factor, but like found footage minus Joe Rogan. Minus Joe Rogan. That's a bummer. Well, like the show does a lot of interesting found footage things where like they don't have a host. So I, like, wish we, I wish this show didn't have a host. <laughs> if we run too long, it often doesn't. Um, 
Okay. Anyway, so, so the dude who owned the Blackwell ghost house, do you guys believe he really owned that house? I don't know. I didn't I didn't love that guy to be honest. I really uh, he's, can, I, can I can I tell you this? I and I liked two. I liked two than I liked one more. I liked two more than I liked one. But man, can I tell you this thing took a different direction once we went to Florida. I, I understand. We'll get there. I just I want to touch on them all. I love Florida. I okay, shut up. Now the thing so all of the Blackwell Ghost films, we we have a very minimal cast in all of them. And I'm part of the um intrigue here is like, are these people real? Like Thomas, do you believe that guy really owned that house? Gosh, I yeah. I, I kind of do. Uh like I still question like question some of this stuff and like whether it's real, you know, but I, I, I don't know. There, there's this, like, I remember reading this, uh, like, somebody did, like, a thesis on the Blackwell Ghost. It's it's a really interesting read if you can find it, but uh, he, like, went into the whole, like, you know, like, trying to, like, prove it was, like, all, you know, just fictional, but, uh, yeah, I still question whether or not some of it's you real. You know, also, fuck that guy. If you, so here's the thing. I certainly don't think he sold the house. Whether yeah. or not he owned it, I don't <laughs> think he owned it. No, but I mean, if you're coming into a found footage film and your your whole thing is debunking it, then it's not for you. Even if it's a great movie, it's not going to work. Now, this film really worked because I I realize now that I am one just completely gullible in life. I believe everything the first time I hear it. But second, I also I, I lie to you all the time. All the time, and he, he does. I'm not joking about that. And. <laughs> When I watch a found footage film, I'm just like, I'm buckled up. Like, tell me anything and I'll believe it. And the only reason I even question this dude owning the house is I couldn't imagine him playing that bass that he had on the wall. <laughs> he's got, he's got like a, a rec room and uh, our lead um, Turner even comments like, man, you got a cool rec room. And he had like a P bass on the wall. And I'm like, no, he's not playing that shit. Dude. <laughs> He looks like a bass player. No offense, Roger. <laughs> I got a P, like a I got a P bass too. You got a P bass, dude? <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, we'll move past there. I mean, I do agree with you, Clark. It is it's remarkable only for like, you know, the uh unique flair, like the faucets being on and the plane. And you know, my journey, even though I really like this movie, which I think if you go on the Overlook Theater blog. And you put in the Blackwell Ghost, you can find our crappy review there. But um, I you know I never went for round two. I um originally this film was uh, on Prime, and so it was like a free watch. But I believe the minute he made part two, he went under a paywall. Yeah, and I was like, damn it! But I was intrigued enough that I I kept revisiting it and going like, is tonight the night? But I don't know. You you know how I am. I I gotta have people over to watch it. Well, you mentioned something earlier that it's like the poster is so kind of like unappealing, you know, it makes it's like an old school, you know, just like it a picture. It, yeah, it does. But, you know, I guess it's a perfect example of not judging a book by its cover. Well, and especially because the movie isn't cheap. Whoever Turner Clay really is, he's got like some 4K cameras. He's got a personal plane and he it, the so he's got a wife he neglects. A wife he neglects. He's got really what we're doing here is he's made like Ghost Adventures, the TV show, and he's brought it over into the film world. Like it's a perfect balancing act between a paranormal activity show 
I'm, that's confusing, like Taps or like Paranormal State, but it's a movie. Like the continuity's there. Nothing really happens. I mean, we're not watching snuff fiction because it's not like he's going to die at the end. I, it, man, it's a really unique thing. And like, you, you keep bringing up like the, I think you keep bringing up like the reality sort of like TV show style because he's one of the only found footage filmmakers that like holds two cameras at once. Like he does like one camera pointed at himself usually, and then like the other one pointed at what's in front of him. Now he's not like you know, I don't think he has like a head mounted camera unless he's like, you know, riding his motorcycle or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think that's like an interesting style of cinematography that we don't really see in a lot of these movies. And, you know, just the, cause like both of his hands are staying busy. Yeah. And he's pretty chatty too. And because there aren't, he doesn't have a team with him. He's talking to us the whole time. And I think, I think that's perfect for Amazon Prime because Thomas, I'm sure, you know, when you're digging around on Reddit or you're in the Facebook groups, you really like the found footage community is so like fractured, like everybody's their own island. And I, I think it makes it really easy to watch a film when you got like, it's just hanging out with Turner Clay. Like he's, he's just there partying with you and he's a likable dude. Um, yeah. And the, the runtime on that's only an hour. So, okay, let's move quicker. I, so I went over to my mom's house and I, I knew we were preparing for this episode. So I actually re re met my mom and, uh, it turned into a family event. Actually, my dad came out there. My sisters came home with their boyfriends. I brought Oksana over and we sat and we watched Blackwell Ghost two and three. <laughs> now to the film's credit, my dad doesn't shut the hell up ever. Clark can attest to this. Confirmed incredibly annoying he talks more than i do and he talks over everybody kind of like I. that's do. up for debate but continue. okay he he just laid there and watched the blackwell ghost too <laughs> and now in this film where uh turner clay revisits the location of the first film having a a part of him changed by dealing with what he now considers is a real haunting and um we open up this movie with this new kind of attitude of Hey, if you don't believe me, whatever. Nobody believes me. Now I'm out here alone. And it's kind of, it turns into a like us against the world kind of thing that I think really works with people. Uh, really quick, wife, not in the movie. Plane shows up a little bit, but then he starts driving to Pennsylvania. What the hell happened there? No, when he drives to Pennsylvania, he drives with her. Oh, no, I'm saying she's very... She's not in the movie much. In part two, I believe he just takes a road trip up there, though. It really like, is just him in the movie, yeah. Yeah. So it's mostly him, but no. So I, I think when they drive up there together at, towards the end when they find the box, she's with him because they drive up there together. Yeah. Then we see him in a car when he's flying by himself. Then he says he's, he gets in the, the courtesy car from the airport. Yeah, I didn't like that. It's like stick to the plane. The car was no because I don't know. It felt weird. Like I kept. Did you want him to fly directly to the house? We <laughs> just fly right on the street. Land in the driveway. <laughs> now, you mentioned the box. How did y'all feel about the like? Okay, so what happens is okay. Um, I knew immediately what it was while he was still digging around. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. What so what's that going to be? Quickly. Um. So what and happens that- is he gets mail. 
And uh, it's somebody who knew uh, Ruth Blackwell. And she's like, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the bad Photoshop picture for your first movie. And, you know, we we reveal more of that poster and she's the little girl in it. And we get some personal information. Now, this film's got new gags in it. We got a record. We have Ruth's favorite record that she likes to play. Um, As a hell of a track, too. <laughs> yeah. How did y'all feel about that? I loved it. it. Dude, it, I don't know. I kept thinking of Insidious. Like the, um, who's the SpongeBob guy? Tiptoe yeah. to the window, Tiny Tim. Don't ever Tiny call him the SpongeBob guy. You give him some goddamn respect. Dude, SpongeBob put that dude on the map. <laughs> he put himself on the map. Howard Stern put him on the map. Yeah, okay. So in, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. All of the films kind of feature interesting out of haunted house shit. And in this movie, he goes and reclaims some of her uh, possessions. He uh, films an abandoned asylum that she once stayed in. And he's like, yeah, the footage was really boring, so I'm not using it. And I really like that stuff because it does world building without wasting any of our time. And so we end up in the house. He's armed with a record player and a record. He uh, oh, also in the beginning of the movie, he addresses the low review scores on IMDb. Now <laughs> I don't know how you all feel. I love it whenever we come back to a found footage sequel and they talk about the internet. Yeah, me too. I think like like Ricky Umberger did like the same thing with the Fear Footage too. Dude, right? yeah, Ricky featured I think YouTube videos in the beginning. Dude, Ricky, he knows how to make a fucking premise. Again, we're talking about the uh, the fear footage guy. But, Clark, you, you don't care about that? I thought you'd have something to say about the low IMDb scores. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it happens in the beginning of part two. Wait, he talks about the low IMDb scores? Yeah, because he's like, hey, for everybody saying it was fake, he actually goes back. Okay, and- I may have, because, dude, it's it's sort of, um, you know, I, I binge these in pretty quick, rapid succession. So I, I don't think everything um, is still in the memory. You know what I mean? I had to yeah, I get it. stuff out. So, so in the beginning, he brings up that people were saying uh, they caught an incon- um, uh, inconsistency with the well. And they're like, hey, at the end of the well, film. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. What did you think of that? I didn't give a shit. I, What's the inconsistency with the well? They were like, oh, the pliers were back in it after you had pulled them out. Hmm. Yeah, see, it was such a nothing that you could tell there were like people like combing over the movie looking for something. Basically, what happened is uh, earlier when Which I was is talking the about- the best thing that could happen for a movie like this. Yeah, but do you like when they address it? Yeah. Dude, it's how good is that shit? It's world building. Dude, he knows. I think this this guy may be a genius. I oh, don't know. Sure. I don't know about Raccoon Valley. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a later show. Uh, well, it's, it's hard not to compare him to Nigel Bach. <sighs> okay. Obviously, like I had that comparison, um, you know, because you think about how prolific these two guys are. Uh, but you know, their approach obviously is wildly different. I think their intentions are wildly different. Um, so (laughs) tell me the, tell me the similarities other than both of their prolificness. Well, just kind of like the, the form of the story, like it's a dude alone in a house exploring. And when you, when you use bad band, Nigel, Nigel went like full, you know, 
they tried to went drama on the second one. Oh, he went yeah, like straight and like and, and then, you know yeah, and then he turns it to a rideshare slam and seven, <laughs> which is honestly one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> that and seven, the haunted highway. Yeah, <laughs> one thousand right. stars. You've seen them all, Thomas. Uh, the Bad Ben. I've seen yeah, I've seen them all. See, that's Can why you we agree that seven play. is remarkable. Um, the haunted I, highway. I, you know, when you were when you were making the comparison about the two, I can see in like the formatting, you know, but I almost feel like in terms of uh, th- like being a paranormal investigator that like like Nigel like d- like his movies like stick to um, I don't know they 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 stick to like a c- cliche like he's campy, you know, oh, but for like sure. but like Turner on the other hand is like always like trying to like prove you know, his authenticity with like in a very like subtle way, you know? And I, I, I find, uh, I just find there like the black Wolf ghost is like, you know, stand really stands oh. out for bad Ben, you know, but yeah, they're tragedy comedy for sure. They are two sides of a coin. The thing is just with the first film, it felt like filmmakers discovering what the fuck they were doing while they were doing it. It's really interesting. Actually. Whoa. Some, somebody just showed up. Tom Riley's got a car, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he he just wanted to say hi, Thomas. You have to put up with this shit when you're going to be on the show. I, oh, hope, I, I hope you know we have our hooks in you too. You're not getting away. No, no, keep me, Tom. <laughs> you're you're free to move around the cabin. He's the one who holds people hostage. <laughs> but it's with love. It's much harder to try and like wiggle away from. Oh, I love. I've it. been trying to wiggle away for six years. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So we got a we got a uh, treasure map. Um, they kind of like we, we figure it out really quick. Then we go into a Dexter room. How do I? I thought you would have something to say about yeah. the Dexter room, Clark. I thought <laughs> I just started laughing when that happened because I was like, "All right, you got to open this case." But I mean, when you think when you think about it, though, it makes total sense and. From what we know about this guy, it's something he would absolutely do is to over prepare because, I mean, that's sort of the theme in, in a lot of this. And, you know, it's it's getting to, to more of that the deeper I go. So I've only got five left and I'm hoping we can wrap this up in a decent time so I can watch five uh, before I go to bed tonight. But the more like he's getting he's getting I, I I think it would be a negative connotation for me to say he's getting cuter, but he's getting more creative and he's getting bolder, like with the speak and spell thing and, you know, setting everything up. Um, you know, he's almost got this, you know, Rube Goldberg set up for ghosts now. Um, so we, we see that progression happen. So the fact that, you know, he, he, and, the, and just think about him, you know, making this movie and how he's, you know, continue to market it. And he's not making, you know, interviews regularly. So it makes total sense that he would just prepare his his mind would just be set to, you know, visqueen this entire area so that he can open up a safety deposit box that's filled with ground beef. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in in oh, man, you touched on a thing that uh, I struck me, too. And it's not that he was overprepared, but I feel like there's a arc here that he's paying attention to where our lead is kind of it's one of those things where it's you you know you look into the abyss and the abyss looks back into you and i felt like our lead was changed into 
Like it's nothing crazy, but there was like a little sinister tilt. And we do start to ignore our wife here. And it, you really feel it in the movie because when he's staying at the house alone, I mean, why? I just, I found myself, I'm like, why would you do this alone? Now, the gags in uh, part two at the end were, I was actually pretty impressed by the chair gag. I don't know, Thomas, is that an easy thing to pull off? Now, it looks easy, but I should mention there is a rug under that table. I don't think the way he did it was very easy. It wasn't like four chairs moving all at once. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was cool. I thought that two, was two of them just tipped and then two of them um got pulled different directions. And now again, I was watching this with my family. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, there's strings." And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do anything like that, you don't use a string because it would clearly look like it. And yeah, yeah, they all move like the same. Like they all move yeah. the same. Yeah. With the motion. Yeah. That's not a string. Yeah, very clean. Now another another big thing into he's not sleeping in the bedroom anymore, and he has a theory that it's like a safe room because it was an add-on. Now he's sleeping down in the front room. I've slept in a house where my, my friends had all moved out and they had a, a mattress in the middle of their front room. Nothing happened in that house. It was freaking terrifying, though. There's something about a lot of like a, like a building built to hold a lot of people, but you're alone in it and trying to like sleep. Uh, dude, yeah, I had a Quasimodo that, dude. Dude, I had a hard time watching him just on the couch. And then we get that one scare where the door opened. I don't know, man. It's giving me like chills thinking about it. I like that part too. Yeah. And, you know, he's like in the, he's in the living room where, you know, there's just, he's exposed to every, you know, corner and it's just like anything could happen from any, you know, in a bedroom, you just enclosed by your walls. So like, you know, yeah, it was just, uh, it's totally freaky. Well, this idiot, he always sleeps with his head towards the doorway. Like first he never shuts a damn door. Every house he sleeps in, all the doors are wide open. And then he'll always lay head towards hallway. It, it, dude, it drives me crazy. Um, anyway, the, Now, the version I watched uh, two days ago, there was added footage in the end. Is that in the regular Blackwell Ghost 2? I know for like, I know there's something that you rent that isn't like part of it. Are you talking about like some kind of like special 20 minute? like? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's like he talks about how the footage was originally corrupted, and then after the release of the second one, he like was able to recover it. Right. Okay. So you you basically confirmed what I thought. It looks like he added that after Blackwell Ghost Two was uploaded as like extra shit. But now, if you go on Amazon Prime and try and watch it, you can't. But if you watch Blackwell Ghost Two, he's just added it into the movie. Nice. So it goes to credits and then he prompts it and then it plays. And it's just, I think it's some of the footage of the uh, asylum. Yeah. That kind of interaction with the, with the streaming service and with the like footage, dude, it rings true. Like when I saw that added thing and then I went and tried to watch it and it was like, Oh, just trailer. I don't know. I got like, I, I felt like I started taking the drug and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like queuing on now. I'm starting to believe like Turner Clay's real. Yeah. Well, should we get into the third one? Because that, like, I, I know off air I said the fourth one was my favorite, but man, I, you know what? The, the, I meant to say the third one because that's like the start of the, the Lightfoot killer. 
Oh, dude. The Lori, the Lori Lightfoot killer. The Lori Lightfoot killer. All right, Clark, you want to set up the third one? Okay, well, we didn't close the second one. So the second one, he's in the Dexter room. He's got the safety deposit box. It's full of ground beef that he calls mud. But, dude, how much? I mean, that looked like it was taco night at that house. That was, that was yeah. full of ground beef <laughs> and human teeth. And you guys didn't know? Didn't know what? Like teeth. That wasn't your oh, yeah. first thing? No, yeah. When right when I saw the white little pebbles, I was like, "Oh, teeth." I was like, "Yeah, hundred percent." It was very reminiscent of Taco Bell in general. Yeah, and the fact that like I'm like, dude, are you gonna say something about the teeth? <laughs> because it's clearly teeth. That's a cool yeah. moment because he's just he, like the point he figures it out. Like you know, he doesn't he doesn't just you know blatantly disclose what it is. It's like this like ten or twenty second moment of silence. Oh. And, and, then, and then it keeps building for sure because yeah. he does that in the rest of the movies, dude. He can sell. He can sell a scare <laughs> like no one. And my favorite thing is, I, I think so. It's in three. Um, so th- again, we'll set up three. But three of how when the when you know three is just there. He's in this house and there's just constant banging. And when he just doesn't want know what to do and he's just scared, he just goes and sits down in a chair <laughs> and just goes like. You get one checking his blood pressure. Yeah, it's just man. He's his acting is really good, and he yeah. really sells it. Well, it's his, just very natural. I think he just he understands you don't want to make a scripted found footage movie, and you really need to anchor your storytelling in reality. And in the movie, I don't know if he's a great actor, and I'm, by the movie I mean all of them, but he can dig into real emotions and. There are times when he looks like his eyes aren't lying. He looks terrified. And I think that might be why his wife was removed from the following films. It's, it's like, if I'm going to make this thing, leave me alone and I'm gonna, so, okay. I'm going to jump ahead now in part three, he mentions that, you know, his worst enemy is his imagination. And I'm like, dude, I've been saying that forever because you tell me a dumb ghost story and leave me in like, uh, I don't know the garage I'll like freak out. I'll build myself up to a panic. And these movies, like he, it, I think he really does that every time. So I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about two? I mean, one thing we should say is it's up to 84 minutes now with that added footage. Yeah. So, so I mean, two, he pretty much closes the chapter because the guy sells the house. Um, and we don't know where we're going from there. Also, the guy doesn't show back up in the movie. Also, nothing happens with the teeth. It's just, oh, we all right, we got children's teeth now. Which in part three, he makes mention of. Yeah. So three starts off, he's saying that, you know, he had a recurring dream of a girl. And then he found out that that girl was a missing girl in Florida. So now he's gone to Florida. Because wow. he found out that that missing <laughs> girl was murdered by a serial killer. And that serial killer is now the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. (laughs) Dude. Now for anybody who hasn't seen that movie, the amount of detail and like, like nuance in that storytelling and kind of like allowing the audience to come and discover everything. Clark just kind of yada, yada, yada over should not be like remiss. It is really good storytelling because you're right. It's a lot of exposition. And he crams it in early. And there's even a scene where he's, it was almost jarring. It was like B-roll for another movie where he's in the front room and he's looking at a picture. And it's like, he talks about taking the painting of a boat, 
of the boat from the first house because now he feels like a void in him and he's he kind of feels locked out from the only real paranormal activity he's aware of and uh the the chain of events that lead him to the scariest house in florida is kind of remarkable but dude that house dude please describe it here's the reason why all right so the first house uh the ruth blackwell house it's in like a you know nice neighborhood it in in you know somewhere in pennsylvania yeah and um and the inside is just, you know, looks like a classic old home. It's got a creepy basement. So everything is is pretty standard, right? This house is a small, I'm going to say it has to be less than 1,500 square feet house in Florida. Um, it's on like sort of a oxbow lake or a finger lake situation uh, where it just looks like a very, very slow river. Uh, but it is a lake. Um, no, so hold on. I need to stop you there because you just casually kind of mentioned that where me, uh, somebody who's never left the empire of California, when he goes in the front room and pulls the curtain open and it looks like you could step into a body of water. It's right there. I was, my jaw dropped. Oh yeah. It's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy <laughs> place. Um, and I just, I love how like, man, he hit a home run with that location. Again, I don't know, like, I would love to know his methods of, of finding all this stuff, but, man, that location is a perfect backdrop for, you know, the the horrors, the, the proposed horrors that happened at that house. Now, it's perfect, but not in a way you would think. Nothing about that house reads as haunted. There is no... It is terrifying. Yeah, there's not a cliche among... There's not a cobweb. It looks like it was oh, an Airbnb that is now, very clean. Here's what I'll say. Yes, it is a cliche. Now, here's why. Here's why I'll say that is because that that house try is so like trashy panhandle Florida e like Gulf Coast like it's it like if you you could have ripped it out of like any cookie cutter beach house in that area of Florida. Um, and it's also got this very like outdated seventies retro vibe oh, to yeah. it which has its own horror as far as I'm concerned. For sure. And but, I mean, uh, it doesn't read like perfectly. It's, it's very far from the Amityville horror house. Also, it had a teal toilet. I, damn, I should have pulled a clip of that. And we never see the teal toilet again. <laughs> and you know, it's funny by the time I was watching the fourth one, I was starting to think like he must've been using that teal toilet. Now. Yeah. The, scari- the scariest feature of this fucking house, which is a reason. The reason I showed boots on the ground at F uh, one. Did you ever see that movie, Thomas? Uh, yeah. A long time ago. Or as I like to call it the Tony Blair, witch project. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) That that's a deep cut joke. Now boots on the ground is, you know, it's uh, a military troop exploring a building. And with flashlights, that's the whole movie. But there's one of the things I love about found footage exploration where we have like a long hallway with a lot of open doors. And that is the Blackwell Ghost 3. There is a camera that is set against the far exterior wall looking all the way the run of the house down into a kind of like crooked doorway. Like the uneasy angle doesn't help. And the whole goddamn movie I was staring down there expecting to see like a shape. And I know a couple of times Oksana's like, is somebody standing down there? And I'm like, I don't see anything. 
Dude, it was terrifying. Yeah, that was good. That's it. That's it out of you guys. That hallway. Yeah, I'll tell you, you now. Going to the bedrooms in the third movie. I don't think. Like you know, we did. You you see him walk in there like once in the fourth. <laughs> well, he's really yeah. just in that living area, and they got like you know he's got just like that one wide camera angle, like you said, set up. It's really creepy. Yeah, he. Now I'll tell you. I know you two are worldly men. I think Thomas, you recently went to Florida. I did. You, you know what terrified me was when I saw that water. Oksana read my mind, and she's like, "Oh God, are there alligators there?" Right. And I'm like, "There'd have to be, right?" It's Florida. Yeah. So one, you know, the things that really make these movies for me is like him uh, filming himself walking over to the boat and being like, I was going to get in the boat. And then I noticed that snake and he, he just shows like, I, to me, I'm like, go home now. <laughs> <laughs> like I, man, I want to go to Florida so bad. It looked like that location looked beautiful. Yeah, you know, but, part of it. Well, I mean, I say that having never been, I'm sure the heat and the animals would convince me never to return. Well, uh, frankly, there's no more animals except for pythons because they're eating <laughs> everything else down there. It's a fucking shit show. Now, the scares in part three take a very different. Um, well, one, he drives there. He retires the plane. I, why didn't he fly to Florida? I have no idea. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> also, again, to call back to uh, Curse of Aurora, the film you recommended before, Thomas, I love it when we're in a found footage film like um, The Triangle where we get a road trip. I think that mise-en-scene, like you really got to sneak in the visual storytelling in a found footage film. And the road trip really makes you feel like you're alone. Like you're driving deeper and deeper into isolation. And in this film, I really believed it. Like I did. Do you guys believe he was like miles away in some weird little, I don't know, swamp hovel i don't know what the hell i did yeah because there's like one point and i don't know if it's the third or the fourth one but like he actually gets so freaked out that you he like spends the night in his car or something and you know he's like driving down just like a long like you know like middle of nowhere like in the like woods area like there's just nothing around him. as the third one i think it's both <laughs> <laughs> really? he does it in both yeah because there's a there's a uh, shot he revisits yeah, but we don't see him though. Yeah, yeah, we don't see him in the car. But yeah, we assume. Yeah, that's right. Is now, it the third movie where the where the phone calls start coming in? Yep, in the third. Yeah. Now the phone calls, uh, I believe, happened every night at two forty seven a.m. Yeah, and you know you get kind of exactly what you would imagine, kind of like, and that's pretty creepy. Um, but every single time that phone rings, I just. You know, you know what's not me. You should call part three and four the knocking. There's just knocking. Oh, nonstop. And I'll tell you, it it terrified me from beginning to end in both films. I'm like, if I was laying in bed reading a book and I'm home alone, and I hear knocking, I don't know what what is more simple a noise to like misinterpret, but also it implies something. And like in that film, it was knocking at the back door and it was down the hallway around a corner. I And it gets louder. Like it, it, almost like the, almost like the ghost is pissed off that he's not like, you know, yeah. Communicating properly. <laughs> and so then he just goes and sits on the couch and puts his hands on his head. And just chills. And does, he, does he bring in those like e that EVP device in the third one as well, or the fourth, I, one. I, the fourth one? The fourth, the fourth one. one. Okay. 
So in in the third one, he kind of shows up there with uh, he's really looking for a purpose in life. He he brings some like Scrabble letters and uh, a bunch of cameras, and he's just kind of like, please give me something. Like he shows up almost angry. Well, and, purpose is, plays a big theme in this whole thing. Yeah, you know he brings up he brings up purpose a good bit, and um, you know I, I think that you know that that plays a huge part of it. But I I don't. I don't want us to gleam over my favorite part of three. And that's a character that is introduced. Oh, is it Joe Lightfoot? Yeah. I'll tell you, I Clark, when he showed up on screen, now again, in every Blackwell ghost, we get like one new character, maybe. And they're usually on off location, and it's kind of a traditional uh, documentary setup. In this one, Joe Lightfoot looks like he just got done doing heroin and only agreed to do this interview because he gave him a 40. And he says shit like and he just got done cutting grass, dude. He's like, I ain't going in that house. And he's yeah. like, I knew it was a girl. Cause when I saw her hanging in the closet, I looked down and her head was looking up at me and you're like, what the fuck are you? I almost pulled clips. <laughs> if I had time before, I was going to pull that one for you. Cause well, that dude is poetic. And then he starts pulling out poems. Oh, really? dude. I love the poem. Well, I, I think the poem. he's a self-described craftsman and poet. And Man, I love the poems. And I think he was reading poetry for, or he was reciting poetry while drinking high gravity. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I maybe got a little emotional. Dude. I, it worked perfectly. I loved it. You know, you know what the, you know what the worst part of it was? I was, I was, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, is that an actor? He felt fucking real to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Dude, okay. three, three, three is honestly one of my favorite found footage movies of all time. Dude. Three is, it, three is incredible. Well, you know, the thing is now we were making fun of it earlier. It's got the same dumb poster. We still have Ruth Blackwell on there. So when you come into it, you're like, well, I'm sick of that bitch. Well, it's like, what are we going to, what are we doing? Like the house is gone and it felt very like the book was closed on it. And then, he switches it up. Instead of going north, we're going south. We're way the fuck remote. His wife's not in it at all. And I, there's almost like a background story where you think they're like divorced. I don't know if I was the only one, but I'm like, did they like, like they had a phone conversation, but I believe they get, no, I'm confabulating four. No, but you're right. It's a theme throughout the whole series because I, honestly, I'm still debating, is it, his, is it the same woman? Did he change wives? Because it's just like she just fell out completely. And it just it is a little strange. But now in four, it's, you know, I he's sort of addressed it because now, you know, they're having issues and they're talking about, you know, he wanted her to come down because he's freaking out in the house. And then she's like, uh, you forgot that tomorrow's my sister's wedding, you stupid little asshole. Yeah. Like, oh, well, can you tell her that you've got something important to do? And she's like, it's my sister, you idiot. Oh, there's a great moment in three, too, where um, so the location in Florida is supposed to be where one of the girls was murdered by the Lightfoot killer. I think it was all the girls. Well, I think at that one, he was only looking for Sarah, I think was her name. He was looking, but I think that was the, the murder site for all the girls. Yeah. And well, he goes in the tool shed and he's like, I found the murder axe. And he's like, I know what you're thinking. It's just an axe. Whatever. And he's like, nope, nope. The evidence tag is on it. And he moves it. And it's now in my mind, I'm like, that's a prop. And he tied a thing there. But 
it is such an accurate illustration of like a shitty judicial system where it's like why would why would this murder weapon end up back at the house and the i it only read as 100 percent true to me yeah me too um, yeah mean, he's, he's really good with like case research you know he's when he's talking to the law enforcement and like i don't want to spoil the fifth one but like you know gets oh, don't we haven't seen it don't you dare right. spoil that yeah, yeah. you do it oh my god i felt you were about to too now i don't know <laughs> So in three, you know, we're in a new location. Everything is different. We don't know what to expect. And, you know, Clark was lamenting the first one a lot for kind of like not much happening. Yet I feel God, like in three. That up. <laughs> I feel like in three, it's a similar thing, though. Like not a lot happens, but the character's taken like a dark turn. He's what looking for life. So much happens in three, dude. I like, agree. Clark, I think a lot happens, you know, doesn't the table, like, there's like a, there's like a really intense, like, jump scare moment where, like, the table freaking flips, and then you think yeah. that's it, but then, like, come the end of the Blackwell Ghost 3, you find out that uh, those little Scrabble uh, chips that he had on the table, like, spelled out. Um, that's four. Oh, shit. Yeah, look at you. Um, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, no, it it's not. No, it's not. No, it's yeah, not. It is. No, it's not. Because because what you're talking about is a cipher, and it's revealed by the yak. No, no, back. no, 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 no. It's not the three, maybe. No, <laughs> no, at, no. At the very end of three, it ends with the table flipping over, and then he sees a scrabble, and it says, "Help us." Oh, that's, that's right. Three. Thank yeah. you very much. I just watched four before this started. I am a black world ghost expert. Now I'll tell me. So with uh, three and four, uh, the Florida edition. Me and Oksana watched them downstairs, and uh, as you can see, Thomas, Clark's in Arizona still. And, uh, uh, man, those movies were, like, they were scaring me. I went upstairs to use the bathroom at one point, and uh, I, I turned the light on in our room, and I knew Oksana would go up there later, and I was going to ask her, like, hey, did you turn that on? And I felt so bad, just because, like, the tension, like, these movies were working. Clark, dude, you were watching these in a hotel room. How was that? Bro, let me tell you something. This scratched this scratched an itch. So I watched I watched three, and then I watched four, and then I then I was like, "Do I want to? No, wait. I, no, I watched two. Then I watched three last night. I was like, "Oh, do I want to watch four? I can watch it tomorrow." And then I thought, "Well, let's watch Mission Impossible 2. Don't, we don't have to get into why I wanted to watch Mission Impossible two because I watched Maybe Mission Impossible one on the airplane. <laughs> so I was going to watch two, uh, but then I decided to go on a YouTube and watch. I just typed in. Oh no! I typed in creepiest videos ever, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking ten-year-old. What'd you Dude, get? I gotta, I gotta send you the one I showed because I decided to like scroll for like fifteen seconds because I wanted there to get you go. weird stuff. Yeah, and then I still found one that was hacky, but it's like clearly, it, clearly these videos were faked. But mm -hmm. I'm like, there's some skill here, so I'll send you that <laughs> video because pretty, it's pretty entertaining. It's fake as shit, but it's fun. Yeah, and so I was watching. Dude, I was chasing the scary dragon, dude. So, you know, we do a podcast and we talk to filmmakers. And we, while watching these, were you thinking about Turner Clay? Like, would you talk to him, Clark? Turner Clay, sick movies. Yeah, Randy. <laughs> yeah, Randy. Okay. All right. What was your question? I'm sorry. No, I, I'm like. So I was thinking about like. I'm trying to reach out to the dude and talk to him. And I honestly, I, I don't think I want to. Dude, he doesn't want to talk. Terry Gross has tried to talk to him. 
Marin's tried to get it yeah, broken. Marin, yeah, he's turning them all down. Yeah, man. And, but I'm, I was thinking, you know, we got a little bit of in. We're the found footage guys now. We teamed up with Thomas Burke. Everybody knows us. We're popular. You want to try? No, I don't. That's the thing. Like, this movie has hooked me in a way where the verisimilitude is really like, I'm, I'm seeing double vision here. I can't tell what's real, what's not. What are you, foreigner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. I don't know. I'm I I'm having so much fun with these. And well said. Me too, man. Because like you can't buy these. You can't. You know. I emailed uh, the the contact us forum like years ago when uh, like on the BlackwellGhost.com because I wanted to I wanted to buy one through three. I think it was. And uh, you know he didn't get back. He's like shooting these things consecutively. Yeah. So you know, all respect to him, staying busy in the work and all that, you know, but, uh, he, you can't buy these on DVD. And so if you want to watch them again, like I do, you, I just keep renting them. Yeah. You know, I just, I bought them digitally last night. I'm like, who the fuck am I kidding? Like, I think right now for rent, it's like four ninety nine, and to buy them is like ten ninety nine. Yeah. It, the, the prices jump up. I think two is cheaper than it's 10. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rest, um, it goes from ten to ten ninety nine. Yeah, because it's like two ninety nine, then the rest are four ninety nine for rental. Yeah. Um, I, I debated buying them as well. Well, okay. I mean, after two, I was like, okay, two is better than one, and then three is like, whoa, three is yeah. awesome. And then I just watched four. I really like four, um, and I'm looking forward to five. So is is there going to be a six? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I saw something on social media, uh, like where he's he's posted, like you know, he's doing his investigation right now. But. Okay. Now, uh, Thomas, I, I will ask. I will ask this question. I would ask that you you answer this very carefully. But is there is there closure in five? There is a little bit of closure. Yeah, like to the the banging that you keep that we yeah. see in three. Oh my four. god! That just keeps going the entire oh. time in five as well. But like they finally start. Like he starts. He starts like really tuning into it and picking up like where it's coming from, what the purpose of it is. And yeah, there is a little closure to it at, at, at the end of five. That's great. Cause I'm telling you, I really think all, everything has played out very smart so far. Like everything has been worth it. You know, there's, we, we sort of get the, you know, these slow buildups, but you know, there's a decent payoff and I like how it's structured and man, it's just fun. It's just well done. I like him. I want to have a beer with him. Yeah, man. He's great. Now, okay. I mean, three ends, he finds purpose. And then four, there's really only one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, and it's kind of towards the end. Do you think that's worth putting on this show? Or should we just, like, tease it? I mean, here's the thing. The covers of these movies look dumb as hell. They look boring. They're really good. And... The whole like I don't know that that feel you get from that Blackwell Ghost cover that like old library book look, it really does not represent what these films are accurately. Yeah, and if you're down for that kind of like that ARG thing that I've been talking about, that like negotiating and understanding it's fake but wanting it to be real, this may be the best franchise for it. And, you know, structurally, if you're if you're building a movie, he's only got the first two acts of a ghost story. There's no third act in his movie. And I think it it's really cool. Like. Because think of any ghost story, any haunted house movie, the third act is where you you decide, 
did I like or hate this movie? And it usually depends on what did I imagine the ghost to be and how close to it was it? Because when, when it's completely different, you turn your back on the film and you're like, oh, that was dumb. It should have been blank. But in these films, you're kind of like, you have that room to build because as far as I've seen through four, he hasn't put anything in stone yet. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, I think my, my favorite thing about this is that he is a filmmaker, right? If this had been a story about uh, a YouTuber oh, or yeah. a vlogger, like get out of here. I, I would not have, have hung around that long for this. Um, because you know, it's, it's everything structured. Uh, yeah, I, I again, uh, Russell, I, I immediately thought of a movie that we watched on Sunday, um, that we can't talk about. Um, but you know what I mean? Like had that guy from that movie we watched on Sunday. Oh yeah. Been the, the focal point of this. Yeah. We wouldn't have, we, we certainly wouldn't have gotten to five movies. Well, uh, did you, only, yeah. Did you see Turner Clay's first found footage movie? The Phoenix tapes 97. Oh, I didn't realize that was him. That's him? He acts in it. Yeah, he's like, uh, I had to check back again, but like he acts in it too. It's a it's an alien uh, found footage movie like like in the desert. Sorry, I'm looking it up. Uh, you know, Russell, is that the one we saw at Another Hole in the Head? I don't think it is. That's why I'm looking it up. Because I, I, I have a damn prop from the movie. All right, you know what? Keep talking. I'm going to go find that boomerang and see if it's that movie. Oh, I traded you that boomerang. What did I trade that boomerang for? I don't remember. It was good. But, yeah, I feel like maybe we did see that movie. Was it good? I Yeah, I remember liking it. Yeah. Was it a bunch of people camping in the desert? Yeah, just a bunch of boys being boys. Dude, I think we saw the movie. <laughs> okay, so the question was, is uh, what is it, Phoenix 97? The Phoenix Tapes 97. Yeah. Um, did we see that at the uh, Another, Another Hole in the Head, head Fest, um, which is the Bay Area's horror convention or like film fest? The answer is no. Oh. Right here, I'm holding the prop from the movie. It's actually uh, The Phoenix Incident. That's it. This movie is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of CG aliens and shit going on. But, dude. Is that the one with the eye, like the the cameras, like uh, implanted, like camera, like in his eye or something? Is that the Phoenix? Inc- oh, I don't know. It might be. I don't remember. The that. only eye implant I remember is VHS. In part two, was that? No, part I two? think I have it mixed up. I have it mixed up with something else that I'm thinking of. Well, you've seen ten thousand found footage movies. What do you expect? Right. <laughs> but dude, are you jealous of my prop? No, that's badass. I. It's a boomerang shaped like the UFO. Like or the Phoenix Lights, you see under it. Oh, nice! How dumb is this? This is my favorite thing. I believe I traded Clark like a hat for it. Yeah, I, th- I was it the Purge hat, maybe. Oh, I did. I traded you a Purge hat for the Phoenix tapes. That's a fair trade. <laughs> Boomerang. <laughs> I was at a, an antique store in in somewhere here in Texas, like a couple of months ago, and I found like a a Blair Witch. Uh, like it was like a it was like one of those old school uh bags of popcorn, you know, with like the long oh, handle or whatever, but it was yeah. like it was like the Blair Witch project. <laughs> and you oh, bought man. it, right? No. What the oh, fuck? Yeah. I was walking around all day. I can't I can't buy something to walk around all day with it, you know. See, you that's fair. That's a reasonable guy. You have a thousand movies on your letterbox that are all found footage. 
and you couldn't get the goddamn little popcorn bag? No, you're right. I probably should have. I mean, I collect all that movie memorabilia stuff too. Uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of money on that stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm always questioning whether or not to buy things. All right. What's going on with you? I feel like we just, we found a dark side of Thomas here. <laughs> what are you doing? Were you out there with the girl? You don't want to be seen with your Blair Witch bag? <laughs> I don't know. Like? Maybe it was like, it, okay. It was like, it was like 30 bucks or something like okay. that. I don't know if it was worth the 30 bucks. No, you did say antique store and I'm like, oh my God, they might be trying to buy a second, you know, pay off the mortgage with their Blair Witch bag, but who yeah. knows? Um. Well, fuck. I feel like we we shouldn't go into the fourth. I love these films so much. I just want people to watch them. I I did want to ask you about like how you guys felt about um. I'm just gonna say it. He digs up a body. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? It it felt like pointedly different, like. One, it looked good. Like it, it didn't look dumb. But also, I think it, was, it, it had to happen, right? But I mean, it's now we're getting in the realm of like practical effect. I don't, I don't know, Thomas. How'd you feel about it? I, I dug it. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's oh, no good. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it was like just it was pretty. It was realistic, you know. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I mean, yeah. plus, like, we had to go there. Like, we had to have some sort of resolution. Because, like, that dude went through a fucking shitstorm. His pregnant wife hates him. Like, he you, know, get- you are projecting their their bad relationship all Bro, over. Bro, that was not a nice little chat they had on the phone. Yeah, well, he spent their vacation money. He spent their vacation money. He He left his wife pregnant in Kentucky. That could, you know, break water at any given day. Then he asked her to come babysit him in Florida and skip her sister's wedding. I know. Yeah, come on, dude. Like, Very ni- Nigel Bach of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You all know Nigel is never getting married. Now, I'll tell you, if there was one moment in the four films I watched that, like, rang as, uh, you're lying and I don't buy it, was the bank account. I'm like, dude, earlier in that movie, he mentioned that Blackwell Ghost 1 had been watched like over a million times. Yeah. And I'm like, now, I've talked to enough indie filmmakers to know you don't make much off of Amazon Prime. But uh, I don't think he's making one movie a year because he's not making anything. And I don't think $7,000 is really going to, you know, put a heavy crack in their drywall of a relationship. Dude, you're projecting. You don't know what life in America is like, Dave. Uh, did you see their fucking house? <laughs> it's Kentucky money. He's got a Kentucky mansion. Nah, it's Kentucky, dude. You can get real estate for like almost downtown Detroit money, dude. All right. Well, it was fun hanging out here and bullshitting about the Blackwell ghost. Thomas, do you got any uh, critiques for us about the TBR report? Anything you want less of, more of? Oh no, y'all are killing it! I lo- I love I love tuning in. Come on, give me something. <laughs> also, I'll tell you when. Now, just to be fair, for people listening too, like it's clear I love Thomas, and he, the movies he recommends. Like early on, you told me that you were telling the filmmakers about it too, and I remember it put me in a weird position because I'm like, well, fuck, what if I don't like them? 
And, you know, early on, it it's like, I mean, God, we've been talking to people forever on this show and have never worried about it. But this was weird and unique and mainly because we do a film fest that's found footage. But I haven't lied about anything on there. And I believe you even challenged me with what I asked, which uh, was the boring film. Which What was that one called? Um, It was the dude's screen name. Alistair 1918. Yeah. And man. You know, I think I'm really just in love with the format because even too. even that film, man, like I uh, there's one movie called The Upper Footage, which uh, kind of haunts me as uh, trying too hard and being truly boring. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that that's the film where the camera's on the floor and it literally will film like a wall for 45 minutes mm-hmm. in pursuit yeah. of verisimilitude. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's bad. Clark, you would you would get violent over that film. You don't know what I liked it. Do you like the TBR report? It missed. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't hang in there with Pets Cop. I appreciate Pets Cop. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't even know if I totally understand that, but it was just so unique. You oh, one hundred percent. No, I, I look, I can't be more excited it exists. But like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> well, here, um, I mean, should we talk shop <laughs> on this thing? Because our uh, our boy, our homie, do you know what I'm talking about, Clark? I'm trying to, I'm tiptoeing very poorly. We got a submission of a short that's very Petscop, but um, an N64 game. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Oh shit! I forgot you haven't really been in the submissions yet. That's right. I'm at the um, game. Uh, you're missing out. I'm telling Thomas, man. I've been thinking about could we show Petscop and Clark, even though he's out of the game, no. has just been yelling I'm no. Back in the game. But I just heard, you know, this just in. He's out of the game, so it's gonna be like four hours. What are you talking yeah, about? It's really long. Tom, what the fuck? You're supposed to be my goddamn cheerleader, Thomas. Don't side with Clark. I don't know. That, that, that thing's not for everybody, though. I feel like there's probably a lot of people that aren't going to understand what the hell that is, you know? We're better off showing all of the Blackwell ghosts back to back. All right, wishful thing. Oh, one time. Dude, I don't know. Blackwell ghost? It's weird because it's just Amazon Prime property. I don't know, man. I, I, I just I feel saddened that I've been sleeping on this. And I just, I'm a, I love this. I love the black book. Now, Randy, who's a trooper, has been here engineering the whole show. Do you think there, he would, it would work for him in any way? Do you think Randy's capable of fear? I think Randy could have a, a go with this. Again, I'll tell you, one's, one's my least favorite. Randy, and, you and willing? There's nothing wrong with one. I don't know. Not really. Once you invoked uh, Nigel Bach, I was out. Well, no, I again. I don't think that was a fair comparison. It's only a comparison in the way that it's like a like middle aged white guy who's uh, one's bald and one's balding, and they have a camera and a um a dream, and they both make it come true. <laughs> Just one is a filmmaker and one's Nigel Bach. <laughs> <laughs> one's a comedic genius. I don't know. I think I'd, I'd be Nigel more like Bach. Clark if uh, if the first one didn't do anything for me. I would probably just be out. Of the closet. And it's we like would all celebrate. People say like TV shows, you gotta like, oh, it gets good in the fourth episode. It's like I don't want it. I want it 
to get good in the first episode, you know? Yeah. Well, I, to be fair, the first one is good. It's just you when looking at the covers and looking at how they're all titled one, two, three, four, you don't expect them to get better. And they do. I, I right now on if I were to be, I think I would go three, three, two, four, one. I'm not a huge fan of four. Oh, I like four. All right. What is it for you? Three, four, two, one. Three, four, two, one. Yeah, you know what? I I watched them in chronological order. That might have made me a little bit um, recency biased. And then because I'm a contrarian, I had to bury four. No but I like the fifth one a lot. Like I'll say like this, like the third one's my favorite, but then I'll put three, five, four, two, one. All right. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. Ready for five, baby. Yeah. All right. I, I've got a production down in our uh, front room going on, so I can't watch it. Actually, maybe I'll try and watch it tonight. Well, Thomas, you got any hints for what to expect in the future TBRs? Mm. Uh, a couple a couple screeners, like a couple new new films I was thinking of, of recommending. Um yeah, uh, I have like I have this whole list, and I'm and I'm discovering newfound footage movies every day. That's why I'm watching like four or five. But you know, some of, a lot of them are on YouTube, or uh, you know, I've learned that if you can find the like uh, for like international films, if you can find the original title name, a lot of the times these are just posted on YouTube, like oh, some, like after you know years after they're released or whatever. I'm telling you, we need to get our heads together, make a distribution company. We'll yeah. start putting out all this shit because people have been sleeping on Descent into Darkness, Be My Cat. Like, there's so many good foreign ones. But, um, but what? look, you know, like, we are the biggest advocates for that movie. But the Which world, one? the world's for Descent into Darkness. But oh, the world yeah. will never be ready for that movie. I don't know. You know, I, I just... Russ, I mean, we're almost immune to it, but that movie is fucked. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? It is. Like, but I when, mean, like when we showed it again for the 19th fucking time, every event we do, we always show it. And I'm fine with it, but I think I finally had to talk with you this year. Like, can we be done with this? You make it sound like we show it at the film fest every year, and we don't. Russell, yeah. we've shown it four <laughs> times. Three. Russell, we've shown it three times. We showed it one time as the festival proper, yeah. one time as a standalone for because of rebranding, because uh, Thomas's boy is a robot and a maniac. And uh, I'm talking about Michael Steinberg. And uh, the third time was at Of 24, which every time more people see it and it does better. As the world descends into darkness, I think the film will have its day soon. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. Because. <laughs> Whew. It still hits me though. It's still right. hits. Well, Thomas, dude, thanks for hanging out. I um, I've been looking for an excuse to just you know steal your time, and uh, expect to hear more because as we start ramping up um a five, I'm gonna be bugging you. Oh yeah, please do, and thanks for having me. I I I love I love doing this. Good because I I know you're a busy man and uh. I demand at least a little bit of your time every week. This is but, what I like keeping my time busy with. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's fucking end it then. Well, Todd, thanks again, bud. Hey, thanks guys. Yeah, man. This concludes the TBR report.